Hi, this is Sharon Trivatsen. Welcome back to the Business School Podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to break down for you our process for investing in companies. And uh, in fact, I'm going to give you the exact four-step process that we use for all the investments that we make. And I believe that if I had this when I started 20 plus years ago, uh, we would have lost <laughs> lost a lot less money and uh, made great investments and had great partnerships that stood the test of time. Uh, I would love for you to take advantage of our playbook and put this in play into your life and your business and your partnerships. And all of this starts right now. One thing is for certain. Just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to. How to grow your business. How to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. Professionals have playbooks. Professionals have playbooks. So if you look at a a Super Bowl winning team, the reason they won the Super Bowl was because they had these playbooks and the plays they made, the plays they practiced. If you look at a, a personal trainer that delivers great results, they have a playbook, a process, which they know that they can actually deliver for almost any client in a customized kind of way. In fact, that is what coaching or mentoring is all about, is to have a very tight uh, framework, a process, which you take that and you overlay it on the client, on the business, and you look at it with that lens. It's just a filter. You're not shoving someone through something that you believe. You're allowing yourself to see the world through a lens that you know is already successful, that you know already works. And from there, you can make a lot of decisions. And in today's episode, I want to take you through our investing in companies framework. Uh, As professional investors, which sounds weird, but that is what we do. As a professional investor in companies and in, uh, in assets, what we do is we look for opportunities to invest in assets and businesses. And as you do that over time, you have to come up with a playbook on how you evaluate these investments, how you actually put, as we say, put money to work and and how to take the wins and kind of lick your wounds with the losses from from time to time. Now, the reason I'm sharing this with you is over time, we've made a lot of mistakes and we've lost a lot of money. We have lost a lot of relationships. I have I have friends that you know, a lot of partnerships broke down with because we didn't have a bunch of things in place when we made this happen. What I want to give you today is our four pillar process on how we go through and evaluate an investment. And this may sound broad and somewhat logical, but as I go through it and give you the live examples, I hope you can take this and utilize it as you make any business decision. So if you are ever considering one of these things, this framework will be helpful to you. Number one, if you're considering investing uh, in a company or a business, like a startup or your friend's business, you're going to buy a piece of real estate with a friend, et cetera, this will work. If you are ever considering a partnership of any sort, so let's say 
you and a friend are going into business together. Yeah, you are going to start a company together. You're going to buy a project together. You're going to buy a jet together. You're going to buy a house together. You're going to start something. If you if this has got to do with investing in a business or investing in a partnership, this will be very helpful to you. Now, if this is just about going out and buying a piece of stock or going out and buying uh, a condo to rent out, that's probably not as going to be as helpful. But if this has got to do with something where you're going to continue to operate this asset and you're going to continue to have a human relationship going forward, this is going to be a very important framework because that is how all our investing works. We don't we don't buy businesses. We invest in them and partner with the founders and the CEOs to help them take it to the next level. And we needed a framework for that. So let me walk you through our four-pillared process on how we evaluate and make our investments. And I call this the four goods, the four goods. And the four goods came about, <laughs> yeah, four goods came about because four bads happened in the past, right? Over the years, uh, a bunch of bads happened. And when the bads happen, you realize that, oh my gosh, that bad thing happened and I'm never going to do that again. And when you think that I'm never going to do that again, what I instantly try to do is I say, well, how do I prevent myself from never doing this again? And that's when you say, well, I want to make this a rule. And then I want to write a process. I want to write a uh, commitment to myself that when this happens, do that, right? So I make the decision on never doing that again first. So whenever whenever four bads happen, you've got to come up with four goods. Otherwise, you're just as dumb as when you started, which is totally not cool, right? We should not do that. And so let me walk you through the four uh, four goods and you'll and I'll tell you about the four bads that actually happened. Here are the four goods, and let me start in this order. As Whenever we make an investment, the first good is good people. And while that may make sense, you may say, well, Sharon, what does good people actually mean? I think that good people uh, in our world has two components to it. Uh, component number one is your past, and component number two is our time with you, right? past and our time with you. So that's how we look at the good people. And what we what I mean by that, the first one is really easy. We don't make any investments in anybody unless we have known them and worked with them in their life and in their business for at least six months, right? And so that may sound interesting and strange, but just because someone was referred by someone else, if you start working on working with them and say, hey, you know, so-and-so vouch, vouch for them, that so-and-so may just have known them for a little bit, but they have not done any other work with them. And anything could have happened in the past. So the, the first rule we have is it may seem like a short amount of time, but it's actually a lot more than six months because um, we first don't make any offers or don't do anything else until we have spent at least six months with them in a working relationship. Most of the time, and I'll tell you the, tell you how it happens, most of the time it is in a consulting capacity, meaning the founder or the CEO will pay us a consulting fee to help them build or work in their business. And so that is a that is that's a small part of our consulting business that we work on where across industries someone will write us a check to help them with their business. And when someone writes us a check to help them with their business, we get to see into their business, we get to work with them, we get to uh, have a con, you know a consultant relationship with them and that allows us to learn a lot of things. That is probably the number one way in which we get into relationships where we are brought in as a consultant to support their business. As we learn the business, that gives us the six months to realize, okay, you know what? We actually think we can become an investor or a partner in this business and we do more things with it. So if we don't end up being a consultant of the business, 
we end up trying to be a a client of the business. I like to write them a check. So if it's investing in a services business, I want to see how they do their service. I actually will utilize their service and I will recommend their service to other people and see how it worked out. And based on that, that gives us a chance to understand how they work. But the six months, it's a very, uh, of a working relationship is important to us because generally when you put a deal together, the deal putting a deal together takes about six months. So a year's background gives us a good path forward to understanding and working an entire relationship. All right. So that's number one. Number one is good people where we spend a little bit of time uh, getting paid to help them or buying their service or product so we can understand them. But what is their history? What, what do you, what do you, what does their history mean? Well, there are two things that are very important that we do when it comes to their history. And the first thing is in the United States, we only make investments in the United States and Canada and the United States, we uh, pull two things from them. Number one, we pull a credit report. And number two, we do a background check. And I will tell you, there are times when we have done neither of them and things have broken, a bad happened. When I'm telling about the good, the bad happened. And we do it with full transparency. We tell the, we tell the founder uh, or the CEO, hey, uh, as part of our process, we do two things. We pull a credit report and we pull a background check. And you are welcome to do the same thing on us, right? And I have no problem someone pulling a background check on me because I want us to be in an ultra clear relationship. We call this mutual discovery, right? And so when we do a credit report and a background check, it's not a thorough, pro- it's not a, um, you know, it's not a complex process. You can just do it with an online service. I just want to make sure that there's no, if there are felonies, if there are indictments, uh, if there's random things in the background report, I just, background check, I just want to see it and I want to talk about it because I don't want to to have the past repeat itself and me be, uh, you know, me be the reason, my, my uh, what you call it, my insecurity and my, uh, uh, in lack of education up front, be the reason for us losing a partnership, losing money, and losing uh, a great relationship in this process, right? So number one of the four pillars is good people. Good people has two parts to the puzzle. Part one is a working relationship, and part two is history. And we do that through a credit report or a background check. Very, very simple. Uh, and that happens whenever we invest in a business. When that, that, we do that first, before doing anything else, we do that. That is super, super important because that leads us to pillar number two of the, of the four goods, which is good intentions, good intentions. Now, once you know that these people are generally good, (laughs) uh, and by the way, I will tell you, you may think that in, you know, in our world, people are good, but people come in all shapes and sizes. Some people are just not your jam. Right, just because a deal sounds good doesn't mean it is. Just because you meet a person live doesn't mean they're good. Like I've met people live, they have been great in the courting phase, and then they've just lied to my face straight up front. They literally have never answered my calls after they got the check, and that happens more often than you think. In fact, I will tell you that is actually um, the 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 normal course of action, which is what we have noticed is. Three out of four times, folks are really good in the courting process and they're terrible in managing the investment and managing the operators. I still currently, we currently have operators that we have invested in that I have to call them 
to ask for status of the business, where I have to call them to ask for, hey, I've not received a report in six months. Hey, I have to call them and say, well, where's my check that was promised? I have to call them to do that. Now, it's not that they're not good people. It's just that I didn't do a good enough job of vetting out and managing this process up front because I should have smoked all of this out much earlier, right? So number one, good people. Number two, good intentions. Well, what are good intentions? Well, let me tell you about good intentions. Good intentions are really, really simple. This is how we deal with good intentions. When it comes to good intentions, all I want to do is to see if this person is helpful, friendly, and collaborative. Very simple. Helpful, friendly, and collaborative. What I mean by that is the first thing that I do is I try to uh, refer or recommend that person to help somebody else in my network. So let's say this person's name is Jimmy, and we're going through the process of trying to figure out if we're going to invest in them. All I say is, hey, hey, Jimmy, uh, would you mind? My friend Lisa is working on XYZ problem. Uh, It sounds like you have experience with this. Would you mind spending five minutes on the phone with her and just walk her through some thoughts? And then this would be a legitimate issue. I always have people in my network who can use help. And then I connect Jimmy with Lisa and I just want to see what Jimmy will, will, how Jimmy will help Lisa, where Jimmy doesn't sell her. Jimmy doesn't bother her. Jimmy doesn't blow her off on a call. Jimmy's a good communicator. I want to see if they're friendly, helpful, and collaborative, right? And then I just check in with Lisa. Hey, Lisa, how was your interaction with Jimmy? Oh, he was helpful. It was okay. I didn't really get a lot of it. He didn't really make a lot of introductions. He was short on the phone. He didn't, he was not supportive. Like, and, but that's one, but the other is, Hey, I talked to Jimmy. He was on point. Uh, he was helpful. He didn't sell me anything. He, he stayed on longer than he could. He, he made introductions. He decided to help me with this. He wrote me this. He made this introduction. He helped me like that would be very different, right? Because I want to see a general, I, I want to be partners with generally somebody that is helpful, friendly, and collaborative. And that allows people to be ultra responsive to things. The, the number one breakage of a relationship, when I say good intentions, is unresponsive people, right? There are two kinds of people in the world. There are responsive people and there are unresponsive people, right? The person in the middle, the person in the middle is a very dangerous person. I'll say that again. They're responsible people and they're unresponsive people. And the person in the middle is a very dangerous person in my world. The person that is generally responsive is very easy to work with. They're fast to respond. They constantly will. That's just how they're wired. And you're easy to kind of send them a quick text, make a quick call, send them. And you always know that you will get a response and you can work through a dialogue. But unresponsive people are also okay. I have several friends who are creatives who are just flat out unresponsive. And it's not that anything is good or bad with them. They are always unresponsive. And the being unresponsive, and I, I've understood that because that's just not their jam, right? They will respond when they can, and that's that's okay. The two parts about that is they're consistently consistent. Think about that for a second. They're consistently consistent. Either they're A, consistently responsive, or B, they're consistently unresponsive. And that's okay. I'm just looking for consistency. Consistently responsive or consistently unresponsive is totally okay with me because I know what to expect in the relationship. But what I what is really bad and what I'm trying to smoke out with the good intentions is consistently inconsistent, right? The folks that are in the middle who are responsive to you when they want to be and unresponsive to you when it's when they don't want to be. So there are people that are just responsive to you when they want to be and unresponsive to you when they don't want to be. So I still, as of today, have CEOs that we have invested money into that 
will call me and will expect a response within hours, will hammer me with texts and emails within hours, but they have not responded to my call, text, or email for months, right? So when it's, when it's good for them, they need me. But when I ask simple questions, they won't be around. That is a group that I want to avoid. I want to smoke out right away. And I will tell you, there are people in, I will tell you what I, in, in what we have noticed in our investing world is most of the time, I'd say 80 plus percent of folks are consistently inconsistent in my world. 80% of folks are consistently inconsistent. 10% are consistently consistent responsive, 10% are consistently consistent unresponsive, but 80% are consistently inconsistent. And we do not do business with anyone that is consistently inconsistent. Consistently inconsistent people are very, very hard to work with, right? And I, and I, I does not matter how good the opportunity is, does not matter if they are, you know, the friends with the Dalai Lama, we are not going to do business with people that are consistently inconsistent. Absolutely not. And that's just, that goes into the good intentions. I'm trying to figure out who they are and what their general intentionality is, right? The good intentions is not about whether they're a good person and have good, none of that. It's just whether their intentions are aligned with my good intentions. That's it. Because if someone emailed me and said, hey, Sharon, I need your help. And I was um, an advisor to them. I am on it, right? It doesn't matter if it's 5 a.m. It doesn't matter if 10 p.m., whatever it is, I am on it because those are the intentions that we want in alignment. So out of the four pillars, number one is good people. And the way you do that is with uh, getting their history and um, getting time with them. Way number two is good intentions, getting to see if they're helpful, friendly, and collaborative. And you just want to figure out if they're consistently consistent or consistently inconsistent. Number three, good rationale. Good rationale. After we get good people and good intentions, I focus on something called good rationale. And good rationale is the deal has to work on a spreadsheet. That's it, plain and simple. The deal has to work on a spreadsheet, plain and simple. And that spreadsheet is not an internal spreadsheet for me. I actually build out a spreadsheet and I try to keep it really simple so that um, everyone on my team, including my partners, can understand them. Because if you build a spreadsheet that has 400 different cells and it's a deep kind of, you know, uh, five-part pivot table where you've got beautiful colors and logos and you've got this great model, well, Every business plan looks great on paper. So the more complex your spreadsheet is, the more you're kidding yourself about the investment is what we believe, is what we have found. Now, yeah, we do, we do all kinds of investments. We, make, we have analysts that build complex spreadsheets, but the more complex the spreadsheet, the more you are, the more you're trying to convince yourself about this investment. And I want a good spreadsheet that I can share, key point here, that I can share with who I'm investing in. And so a lot of times we'll build a spreadsheet where I've seen firms will build a spreadsheet or like a private equity firm and they won't share it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to build a spreadsheet and share it with the other person. And I'm going to say, do these numbers make sense? Like, can you hit these metrics? Because if they are not aligned on my spreadsheet, they're not aligned on my alignment. I have zero interest in that, right? And most of the time I ask them to build a spreadsheet so that I can be aligned with it. And um. A lot of folks in, especially former Wall Street folks, former private equity folks uh, who have split off to do their own thing, you know, really smart analysts will, will over-engineer the spreadsheets and they think that everything can be done with spreadsheets. And I'll tell you that good people and good intentions 
that are, are come first. The spreadsheets are just a validation of this entire process. Yes, you need them, but the simpler it is, the better. And the, and you have to be able to share that artifact with the other person. And if they can't validate that stuff for you, stuff is not going to work. It's really hard. Again, this is our way of looking at the world based on our private equity fund, right? So number one, good people. Number two, good intentions. Number three, good rationale. And the spreadsheet is just to define rationale that I can share it with the other person. No spreadsheet, no deal. Very simple. No spreadsheet, no deal. Because everyone has to be aligned on our rationale. And last but not least, good contracts. Good contracts. Uh, we don't get to the contract until we have good people, good intentions, and good rationale. Because you don't even know what to write in a lot of contracts otherwise. And the funny part is what most of the contracts that we write, we write in, we start off with MOU, which we call a memorandum of understanding. Literally, it says memorandum of understanding. Uh, Sharon to invest, you know, a million dollars into X company. X company is run by Y CEO. CEO Jimmy is going to do this. We agree on, it's just bullet points, right? I want us to get a memorandum of understanding dialed in because until we do that, we can't do anything. And that it becomes the basis for then a letter of intent. That becomes the basis for what council drive drafts as a contract. And then all I look to council to saying is, hey, are all my intentions from the memorandum of understanding and the LOI, those bullet points, are they reflected in the contract? Yes, I'll read it. You know, my partner's an attorney, so he'll read it. That's cool. But I that's I care less about what's in the contract and more about us all understanding what's in those bullet points, right? We try to use this very similar contracts most of the time. In fact, I recently did a deal with no contract, meaning we just did it on a memorandum of understanding. My counsel said it was okay because of the type of deal that we were trying to do. And we literally wrote like two pages of just bullet points and us and the business just signed off on it, right? Because, and, and we've had zero, we followed every little thing because we had good people, good intentions, good rationale, and good contracts. So those are the four pillars of the four gates of how you want to make, uh, how we make decisions, which is our playbook. I would love for you to think about this. The reason we had the four goods come about is because we had four bads. We had bad people. We had bad intentions. We had bad rationale just because it was like, oh my gosh, I really want to do this deal because someone else did this deal. And because this sounds amazing because other people do this deal. Hey, if someone else is running the syndication and they're making money, why shouldn't I? If someone else is able to do this, why shouldn't I? If someone else is getting this, why shouldn't I? Like if someone else can do this, why can't I? Hey, my random, my coach randomly told me that I need to put an extra zero and I need to make, you know, $18 billion. So why shouldn't I? Like all of that's interesting, right? But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you don't have good people, good intentions good rationale, and good contracts. And in that order is what we like to uh, move forward in because when you have good people, you can figure out, you can easily go down the intentions. If you have good intentions, you can easily share the document. You can easily share the models. And so you can come to a good understanding of numbers. And if you have good understanding of people, intentions, and numbers, a contract writing becomes very, very easy. When people think that they're going to put uh, litigation and arbitration and all the legal protections inside of a contract, that's fine. Everybody does that. But the last thing you want is to is to go do that. We don't make an investment to go and we don't make an investment to uh, to, 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 to look at the worst case scenario and protect ourselves. I want to make sure that I protect the downside with good people, good intentions, and good rationale up front. Now, does this mean that bad things don't happen? Of course they happen. 
but they're dramatically minimized and my mind is in a better place to handle them because when we have good people, I know I can handle bad situations better. When I have good intentions, I know I can handle tough situations easier. When I know I have good rationale, I know I can, uh, and I know I can work through tough um, money situations in a much more thoughtful way. And when we have good contracts, we know that both parties are aligned. The contracts are not to, uh, we don't, we don't look at contracts as a way to enforce something. We look at contracts as a way to memorialize our agreements, right? We don't look at contracts as a way to enforce anything. We look at contracts as a way to memorialize our agreements. And that's all that is. And that's why when you go with good people, good intentions, good rationale, and good contracts, it allows us to make much better investing decisions. I hope our process, our playbook was beneficial to you. As you think about this, uh, think about what your playbook is. What are your uh, four goods? (laughs) Hopefully they didn't come from four bads. And if this was helpful, definitely let me know. And I'll catch you on the next episode of the Business School Podcast. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com. Dot com.